Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. How many of you remember where we left off? Anybody? Of course you do. I thought you would. Let's thank the Father for this word, first of all. I, t- I love it. I love His word. Eat His word. Father, we thank you for your word. Jesus is the word. The word became flesh. It's the bread of life that came down from heaven that we might all enjoy. Partake, partaking of it. Partaking of your very life and nature by partaking of this word. I thank you for receptive hearts. I thank you for attentive ears. I thank you for open minds, dear Heavenly Father, so that we can be doers of your word and not hearers only. I thank you for enlarging our capacity to receive revelation, knowledge, understanding, and wisdom in all things that pertain to life and godliness. I thank you for it. And Father God, I believe that your mighty Holy Spirit is working right now to be our teacher, to be our guide, to speak unto us and to show us things to come by the Father. And Father, I thank you that he is going to bring all things to our remembrance whatsoever you've spoken to us through the lips of Jesus. Now, we thank you for it. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Verses 7 and 8. Conditional promises. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. Depart from evil. It shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. It will be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. Now, that's not talking about healing. That's talking about perfect health. That's talking about divine health. In other words, we have a prescription in the word of God. That prescribes to us and for us divine health. But of course, it's necessary that we be doers of the word, not hearers only. It's necessary that we walk in the wisdom of God to appropriate the blessing here of divine health. Uh, God wants us to grow up. Our Heavenly Father wants us to finally grow up into a place that it's not, you know, just healing we're wanting, but it's walking in divine health. Do you see that? Do you see that growing in healing will lead you to a place of divine health where we can walk in divine health. And praise God, when you're walking in divine health, there's no sense to be healed. Amen. Because you're already whole. Amen. Well, look at the three steps. Be not wise in your own eyes, number one. Fear the Lord, number two. Depart from evil. We're going to evaluate these. We're going to tear them apart and uh, discuss them in a little bit greater depth. First of all, be not wise in thine own eyes. Now, isn't that something how we're finally getting back to what we've been talking about from the very beginning? Wisdom. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Colossians 1, 9, you know the scripture, we've quoted it to you many times. He desired that we be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. And in the Amplified Version of the Bible, that word wisdom there, talking about comprehensive insight into the ways and purposes of God. Comprehensive insight. Don't be wise in your own eyes, but be wise in the ways of God. We could say it like that. Don't be wise in your own eyes or in the understanding of your own mind, but be wise in the ways and purposes of our God. Colossians 1.9 will be our scriptural reference. And very quickly, we'll look at number two, fear the Lord, fear the Lord. In Psalm 34, verses 11 and 12, this is, I'm repeating this, I'm reiterating these points. Psalm 34, 11 and 12 tells us exactly what the fear of the Lord is. It's keeping your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking God. How many of you remember that? Amen. How many of you know that? If you don't know that, write that down and make a note of that. You need to know that. You need to know how to fear the Lord. You need to know what it means to fear the Lord. Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking God. This is very important, all three of these steps. And number three, depart from evil. 
We're going to pick it up right here. Explain a little bit right here before we go any further. Look at Ephesians, the second chapter. Depart from evil. Second chapter of the book of Ephesians, verse 2. Depart from evil. And uh, as I taught last week on this, we, we talked about departing from evil is departing from the course of this world. Departing from the course of this world. Now here in Ephesians 2 and 2, we find Paul saying by the unction of the Holy Ghost, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world. Depart from evil. Depart from the course of this world. According to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. The course of this world is under the leadership of the prince of the power of the air, that is Satan. It's not only called the course of this world, but it's also called in James 3rd chapter, chapter 3 and verse 6, the course of nature. Let's turn there very quickly and find that. James 3 and 6. Departing from evil is departing from the course of this world or the course of nature. The course of this world or the course of nature. You have to depart from it. Now, departing from it is really the instruction that we are receiving along this line of teaching. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Don't have the wisdom of this world. Fear the Lord. Don't fear this world system. Depart from evil. Depart from this, the course of this world or the course of nature. See that all three of those deal with either this world system or God's system. Now, here we see that Satan is the prince of the power of the air, or he's the prince of this world system right now. Is he not called in 2 Corinthians 4, 4, the God of this world? Did not Jesus call him the prince of this world cometh but has nothing in me? He's the prince of the power of the air. He's the God of this world. And everything is under his jurisdiction or leadership in this system right now, you know, except according to what Jesus has wrought for us as Christians. But the rest are still lying in darkness and they're still under the dominion of the prince of the power of the air. Over here in James, the third chapter in verse six. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that it defileth the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature. And it is set on fire of hell. Now notice again, the course of nature. I'd like to read that to you from the Amplified Bible. Third chapter, verse 6. And the tongue is a fire. The tongue is a world of wickedness set among our members, contaminating and depraving the whole body and setting on fire the will of birth, the cycle of man's nature, being itself ignited by hell. Now, that's some potent words right there. And there's some in-depth teaching here that was revealed to my spirit I'd like to share with you concerning this. Here we see that the, this world is under the dominion of the prince of this world. It has a course that it's on. It's called the course of nature. The course of nature, as we see right over here, has something to do with our tongue. It has something to do with our tongue. Now, let's keep in mind again. Fearing the Lord is keeping your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking gal. And the latter part, it said, depart from evil or depart from the course of nature. 
Okay? Now, let's look at the Scripture again. The tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue, and as it amplifies it, is set among our members. In other words, it has been strategically placed there by God so that it can affect the entirety of man's makeup. That's, why, that's how he set the tongue, you know, in, the posi- in its position in the body that it can affect the entire human makeup. All the members. It can defile them, but also you'll find out that it can get them healed. Now, notice here it says, So is the tongue among our members, that it defileth the whole body, and it sets on fire. It ignites or sets ablaze the course of nature. The tongue sets on fire or sets ablaze the course of nature among our members. Now, we've just been told in Proverbs, the third chapter, to have the wisdom of God. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking gal. And here, the last part, depart from the course of nature. Now, as you put these together, you find out then... That what he's saying is, the way we're going to depart from the course of this world system, the way we're going to depart from the course of nature, is through the wisdom of God, speaking the wisdom of God, so that our members will not be defiled and and the course of nature set ablaze among our members, but something else will take place among our members. Now, it's very important here that we realize something. Now, notice there it says the course of nature. I I want to share with you some things that that are becoming more and more reality in my spirit that I think everyone needs to know. Sometimes we get asked many questions like, why are uh, some children born deformed? Well, why in the world did this happen and why did that happen? And, you know, why did this one, was he born mentally ill or why did that happen? And many things that when we talk about, uh, you know, either in childbearing or in people's lives. And we try to get answers for these questions. And sometimes I think some just come up short and say, well, you know, you just can't explain some of these things. But I believe we can. I believe the Word of God has a definite answer for all these things. And I'd like to share that with you in a greater way. The course of nature was not as it is right now in the beginning. When God created man, you stop and think about this fact. He created him last. He provided everything in that Garden of Eden that would promote man's spiritual, physical, mental and physical well-being. His health and His healing. Everything that was created and the way it was created was for man. Everything in in ecology, everything in the air that was being breathed by man, everything was promoting His physical well-being, promoting His health. It was all cooperating with God to promote the well-being of man spiritually, mentally, and physically. That was the course that nature was on in the beginning then we stop and realize that that course of nature was perverted when Adam sinned. So when Adam sinned, all those things that were cooperating with God to promote man's physical, mental, and spiritual well-being now became an enemy of man. The very air that we breathe is filled with germs that could bring sicknesses to our bodies. Where at one time it was filled with the things that would produce health and healing to our bodies. The very animal kingdom whereby man could just walk up and pet a lion without any problem or any animal. All of a sudden is now an enemy of man and is trying to destroy that man. Everything was perverted. Everything was turned around. Everything got set on another course. And you and I don't have to go very far to get hooked up with that course that that nature is on. It's been ignited by the fire of hell itself. The world system is ignited by that, that fire, by that devil. And everything that's, that's happening right now in this system is, being, is promoting man's death and doom and destruction. Now, the answer to our questions, why are some children born with this or why are some children born with that and why did this happen and why are mental diseases and why are physical diseases? 
is because all the things that God put in the system to promote man's well-being has now been perverted and is endeavoring to destroy that man. And all you got to do is just breathe the air. Now, if a person doesn't know that Jesus Christ redeemed them from the curse of the law, and if a person doesn't know that in redemption he has been, you know, given a law, higher law of life to live by, the law of the spirit of life, then he'll go on just cooperating with the uh, system of nature. Begin to speak the wisdom of the earth, sensual, devilish wisdom. He will ignite or set ablaze the course of nature in his own life. It will defile the members of his body and consequently it will take him straight to hell. That's the course this nature is on right now. Look at the scriptures. Let's go on and I'll show you something, something about the same thing. Let's read some more. For every kind of beast and of birds and of serpents and the things in the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. It's an unruly what? Depart from what? Okay, full of deadly poison. Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceeded blessing and cursing, my brethren, these things ought not so to be. There's a fountain sent forth at the same place, sweet water and bitter. Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either a vine fig, so can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh. Now, here, before I read these next few verses, verses 13 through 18, where... James talked about the two types of wisdom. Hold your finger there. And let's go back to one of the scriptures that we began this study with in the third or ninth chapter of the book of Proverbs. Ninth chapter, verse 10. Ninth chapter of Proverbs, verse 10. Now, James here is talking about the fact that the tongue sets ablaze or ignites the system of nature, which is set on fire of hell. In our scriptural reference in Proverbs 3, we are told to fear the Lord or to keep our tongue from evil and our lips from speaking God. James went on to say that the tongue is an unruly evil. It's got poison in it. Now, let's notice something here in this, this scripture that we use, chapter 9, verse 10. The fear of the Lord. Now, remember what the fear of the Lord is. Keeping your mouth, your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking God. The fear of the Lord is the... Beginning of wisdom or the principal part or the alphabet of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the alphabet of wisdom. We are told to walk in the wisdom of God. Our, our scripture in Colossians 1.9 says that we are to have comprehensive insight into the ways and purposes of God or the wisdom of God. We are to walk in the wisdom of God. It is the alphabet. It is the first step in igniting the course of divine life in your life. To keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking God. It's the principal part or the alphabet of godly wisdom. Now, let's go back to James, the third chapter there, very quick. Who, verse 13, verse 13, third chapter. Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord, depart from evil. Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? See, it sounds like he's talking negative back there. Well, who can control the tongue? No man can. It's an unruly thing. It's full of deadly poison. But he goes on to say, but who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Well, the wise man, doesn't it say that he that feareth the Lord is the beginning of wisdom? So the wise man is going to be one who realizes that the fear of the Lord is godly wisdom. It's the alphabet of wisdom. And when I keep my tongue from evil and my lips from speaking gal, then I will realize that this is what sets ablaze the course of nature to defile my members of the body. 
But when I stop doing that, it's going to set ablaze and ignite glory in my body, in my system. Okay, let's read it here. Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. And again, I emphasize that the fear of the Lord is the principal part of wisdom. Next verse. But if you have bitter envy and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth, this wisdom, circle that, this wisdom, be not wise in thine own eyes. Two types of wisdom here. This wisdom. Descendeth not from above. This isn't godly wisdom. This is not godly wisdom. If I'm supposed to walk in the wisdom of God, someone says, well, I don't know how to do that. Well, I'll tell you how not, you know, to walk in foolishness is by not doing these things right here because this is not the wisdom of God, isn't it? So let's learn how to avoid walking in this kind of wisdom. Look what it says here. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, worldly. Sensual of the five senses, or natural, or of nature, okay, and devilish. The prince of this world has his own wisdom. It's, it's really enwrapped in all three of these things here, earthly, sensual, any way you want to name it, devilish. Earthly, sensual, or devilish wisdom. Earthly or worldly, sensual or natural, or devilish or satanic wisdom. Now, what kind is it? Well, envying, strife, uh, bitterness. See, these, these are promoters of death. They will promote your death, sure as the world. And if one is involved in these things, then he will set ablaze and ignite the course of nature among the members of his body. And in case you're not getting what I'm saying, I'm saying that it will ignite sicknesses and diseases such as Bitterness will cause you to have rheumatoid arthritis. Did you know that? Bitterness. Rheumatism. Arthritis. All that stuff, you'll find out, is the direct cause of a bitter spirit. In many cases, that spirit has to be cast out before a person can be delivered from that stuff. A lot of those things are, are direct results of our members being contaminated because our tongue has set ablaze the course of nature among our members. Let's go on and read the rest of it, though. For where, there, for where envying and strife is, there is confusion in every one. Evil. He said to depart from evil, didn't he? Depart from evil. And every evil work. But the wisdom that is from above. Now, circle that. The wisdom from above. The wisdom which is from above. This is godly wisdom. This is God's wisdom. Is pure, peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated. Full of mercy, good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy, and the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. And the fruit of what? In the pathway of the righteous is life, and there is no death. This puts you on the pathway of what? See, the two pathways. There's the world's system, there's the course of nature, and then there's, there's God's way, which is the path of righteousness. See, there is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the ends thereof are the ways of what? Death. But in the path of the righteous is life, and the ends thereof there is no death. Okay. So there's two different types of wisdom. Now, I'm going to share with you in Proverbs, the third chapter. Go back there very quick. That's our foundation of Scripture. And I'm going to share with you my own definition as I wrote it down, as I studied and put this all together. Now, I'm going to quote it to you in my own translation. Okay. 
Here it is. Here it goes. Don't be wise with earthly, sensual, and devilish wisdom, but get off the evil course of nature by keeping your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking guile, stopping your members from being defiled, for a wholesome tongue is a tree of life, and the tongue of the wise promotes health by setting you on the course of life, igniting the work of righteousness. Now think about that. You think about all that for a minute. There's a lot of meat in that right there. You have to meditate on that and soak that into your innermost being. I'll say it again. Don't be wise in earthly, sensual, and devilish wisdom. But get off the evil course of nature by keeping your tongue from evil, your lips from speaking down, stopping your members from being defiled, because a wholesome tongue is a tree of life, and the tongue of the wise promotes health by setting you on the course of life, igniting the work of righteousness. Now, what we're endeavoring to do is uproot the evil tree. Remember, uh, Adam partook of the knowledge of tr the tree of good and evil. Okay, tree of good and evil. Uprooting the evil out of our system and being rooted and grounded in the good. Tree of righteousness, tree of life, whichever way you want to call it. But the wholesome tongue is that tree of what? And the tongue of the wise promotes what? Proverbs 12, 18 says, the tongue of the wise is health. Okay, now notice that there are two different types of wisdom. Now, I don't like to spend a lot of time on this because people misunderstand you. I don't know any of you out there are going to misunderstand me. Because you're growing in wisdom and knowledge. But for the, for the likes of it, I don't understand why people try have a hard time understanding what's the difference between the world's way of healing and God's way. I read the whole Bible. I don't find anybody else in, doing healing in there. Other than those that are born of God. And I find out that the Christians only use prayer as a means whereby to be healed. Anybody find anything different than that? You think about that. God's way of healing was Jesus when he came, was it not? Was there any case that was too hard for Jesus? Was there one case that was too hard for Jesus? Not one case, was there? In other words, all those that came to Jesus, he healed. Now you think about it. Jesus came as the wisdom of God. And as the wisdom of God, He knew how to heal the members of the body no matter what case, whether it was leprosy, blindness, maim, deafness, leprosy. It doesn't matter what it was. Jesus had the wisdom to bring healing to the body. Every person. That would, of course, come to Him by faith. I'm talking about, was Jesus lacking in any wisdom in that part? No, he knew how. You know, God knows and Jesus knows exactly how to heal every one of our bodies. He knows everything about your body. Full understanding about your body. Full understanding about my body. He created it. He is the author of it. I mean, he should know how to fix it, wouldn't you say? Now, it seems to me that if one would begin to understand that he is the creator of the body, and then, of course, he is the logical healer then, that they would endeavor to pursue his wisdom concerning the healing of their bodies. All this wisdom that God has is being imparted unto our spirits through Jesus Christ, for he has made unto us wisdom. Why would we be pursuing another way? Why would we want to pursue another way and spend time and money to pursue another way when the end of that way is very limited and very destructive? Now think about what I'm saying.
all the monies that have been spent in educating man, and in most cases, men that don't even know God, all the monies that have done good work, and we thank God for the good work that's been done. But I am now separating the two, showing you God's way and man's way. Can you imagine for the millions of dollars that have been spent to promote medical science, and then someone comes in with a disease called cancer, and all the best that medical science can offer and do for them, it says, we can alleviate maybe some pain, but you'll die in three months. How many of you think that that is pursuing wisdom? How many of you would want to pursue that? So that, you know, no matter what the condition might be, if it's a terminal condition, the best they have to offer is we can give you a little comfort while you die. Now, just hear what I'm saying and receive it, please, in the light of how I'm saying it. But on the other hand, there's another type of wisdom. It's wisdom that cometh from above that knows every part of the human system so that when you came, no matter with what disease or sickness, as ungodly as it may be, cancer, tuberculosis, or even as, as, as ungodly as leprosy, and you go to him, to his wisdom, and you find out his way, when you come to his door, he doesn't turn you away and say, all I can do is comfort you. He says, go and be thou made whole. And you turn around and walk away with your skin back on. With the cancer disappeared. With the tuberculosis gone. I mean, you think about this. I would want to pursue someone who has that kind of efficiency, wouldn't you? Are you getting what I'm saying? I'd want to pursue somebody that doesn't miss it. Amen? You get what I'm saying now? I'm not putting any, anything down, anybody down. I don't put medical science down. We thank God for what they have accomplished and what they can do. But what I'm saying is, as a Christian, you need to grow up in healing God's method. Medical science is not God's method. You can quote me on that. Jesus is God's method, God's way of healing, power to promote health. Amen? Okay. Now, what I want to do is have you turn to 1 Corinthians, and I want to show you two scriptures here, and I want to pursue what the Holy Spirit taught to the Apostle Paul concerning wisdom. He said, don't be wise in your own eyes when it comes to the healing of your body. See, that was, that's what Proverbs was saying. Don't be wise with your own eyes. Don't be wise in your own understanding. Don't think just because, you know, we study from a physical or natural standpoint that we know it all about the human system or the human makeup. Because you're not going to know it all because God is the author and the creator of it. I mean, if I had, uh, you know, I've got a Chevrolet. I mean, I'm going to go back to a Chevrolet dealer. They put that thing together. How about you? I'm not going to go to someone who's going to speculate and say, well, I'm not, I never worked on this kind of car before. Well, listen, you know, this is my body. And if you've never worked on this kind of a body before, I'm going to somebody who made it. He made it. He can work on it. Amen? He can promote its health. See, that's what I'm trying to get at. And I want to share that in a deeper and, and clearer way. And really, on our Wednesday night services, I believe we've been getting into some of the meat. We've been getting into some deep things. Now, look at the scripture over here in uh, 1 Corinthians, 2nd chapter, and verse, verses 11 and 12. These are some that I'm going to reiterate again so we can uh, get back on track. 1 Corinthians 2nd chapter and uh, verses 11 and 12. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. Now stop right there. See, man doesn't know about the things of the spirit of God. He doesn't know all what God can do. He doesn't know how God heals the body. That's why when you go to that you know, the medical profession, I mean, if they're not a believer, if they're not born again, a lot of them don't believe in God. 
Now, if you know what I'm talking about, it's true. I've talked to them myself. I'm not telling you second-hand information. I've talked to some. They don't believe in God. They believe in knowledge as being a God. But when knowledge has reached its limitations, then you are tagged as doomed. You die. That's not good news, is it? Jesus had preached the good news. Well, man doesn't know that, but i got something else that they don't know about. Look at the next verse. But we've received not the spirit of this world. We got rid of the spirit of this world, the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that worketh in the children of disobedience. We got rid of that spirit, and we came over to where the spirit of God is. Amen? Okay. But that spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Of who? Freely given to us of God. How many of you know the power of God's free? I never had to pay for any of my healings. Glory be to Jesus. Can you say amen to that? Didn't have to pay for my body to be, you know, put back together. Glory be to Jesus. It's free. Amen? Now, notice that last part says, the things that are freely given us of who? Okay. But you see, you won't know about these things unless you've got the Spirit of God in you. Now, let's notice something here. Freely given to us. And look at Romans... Well, put your bookmarker there, because I'm coming back to that chapter. Go to Romans 8, chapter, very quickly. And uh, look at verse 32. It takes godly wisdom to walk in divine health. Now, in order to walk in godly wisdom, we have got to come to this understanding. That if walking in health is walking in wisdom, then where does wisdom come from? Godly wisdom is all wrapped up in Calvary. Godly wisdom is all wrapped up in love. Wisdom is born out of love. Wisdom comes out of love. If I need godly wisdom to have my body healed, then step number one is for me to understand that God loves me so much that He wants my body healed. If you don't know that, then, beloved, you will never walk in divine health. Those people, and I feel sorry for them, that have been taught that God doesn't, He might heal you, sister, and He might heal you, brother, if you read your Bible about 750 times. See? That's what we've been taught. Now, you back there, you've got a thorn in your flesh. You don't want to heal you. That's to humble you. And you, well, you're just a worm. (laughs) How does the devil attack godly wisdom? That's what he said. You back there, well, he'd heal old sister over here. But but you back there, forget it, you, you. Why would you even want to ask him to heal you? You missed church once last year. (laughs) Right? See? See? And someone says, well, maybe God wants to do this to me to teach me something. See, someone, some unwise teacher taught him that. Notice I said unwise teacher taught him that. Well, God's just making you sick for a reason. Never find out what the reason was. Never got godly wisdom that way. 
I want you to notice that all those things I'm saying is drawing your attention away from the fact that your Father loves you so much. So much. For God who is rich in mercy, for His great love wherewith He loved us. And once you understand this one first principle, that He loves you so dearly that He doesn't even want to see you have a speck on your body. You are entering into godly wisdom for promoting your health. And if godly wisdom is all centered around Calvary, are you ready for one of those freely things? Look at the verse of Scripture, Romans 8.32. Here it is. God who is rich in mercy, for His great love worthy loved us. He commended His love towards us. Then that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. He introduced us to that love. Now you ready for it? He that spread not His only Son, but delivered Him up for us all. How shall He not with Jesus freely? What did 1 Corinthians 2 say? The things that are freely. In other words, He gave me Jesus, which was the epitome of God's love. How shall He not with Jesus freely give me all things? Has got to include the healing of my body. Can you say amen to that? It has to. The saving of my spirit is far greater than the healing of my body. Can you say amen to that? And if God saw fit to send to me Jesus for his great love wherewith he loved me, Ephesians 2, 4. Well, then bless God, I know that I know that I know that I know that with Jesus he'll freely give me all things. But you need to have the Spirit of God to teach you the things that are freely given to you of God and godly wisdom to appropriate the things that are freely given to you of God. See, it's not a matter of God given. He's already given. It's a matter of godly wisdom to appropriate the blessing. Now, let's go to 1 Corinthians, the first chapter. And again, we will look over these scriptures now because I think this is... If this is all I get in tonight, I'll be satisfied because I want you to realize and I want you to know that if you're going to start to walk in divine health, if you're going to start to appropriate the blessings of God, you're going to have to understand that there is a difference between God's wisdom and worldly wisdom. You're going to have to realize that there is a big and vast difference between what medical science can do and what God can do. You have to realize this. Again, all we're doing, and I believe you can understand when I say this, is putting medical science in its place, in its place, where it belongs, below God. Did you hear me? I said, don't elevate medical science above God, or don't even call it equal with God. We're putting it where it belongs. It's a lower way of promoting, and really, it's only a lower way of helping nature heal yourself. And we're wanting to get off the course of nature, aren't we? There's a higher law to tap into. It's the law of divine life, whereby you can tap into God's course of nature, divine life, and bless God, you're a partaker of His divine nature. He will pour out into your navel, and if you're in the medical profession, you know that that's exactly where life starts to the body, is in the navel and marrow to your bones. It's not a physical method. It's a supernatural method. Now look at here in first chapter, verses 17 and 18. I will show you that God's wisdom is all centered around Calvary. And Calvary is God's love for you and me. Aren't you glad? Can you say this with me? My father loves me so much that he gave me Jesus. He didn't spare his only son. But he delivered Jesus up for me. And now with Jesus, he has freely given me all things. And by his Spirit, he has given me the wisdom to appropriate 
All these blessings. Hallelujah. We can have a party right there. We can have a party right there. See? Filled with the knowledge of His will and all wisdom. Okay. He loves you so much. Aren't you glad just to hear that He loves you so much that He wants to do all these things for you? Because He's already done them through Jesus. Now look at verses 17 and 18. For Christ sent me, or sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words or speech. That's man's wisdom. Uh, lest, now underline this, the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. Lest the, the preaching of the cross, you see, verse 18, is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. What is it? The preaching of the cross is to those that are saved the power of God. Mark that down. Now, the preaching of man's wisdom makes the cross of Christ of what? None effect. Or we can say the preaching of man's wisdom makes the power of God of none effect. Now, let's go on reading. For... It is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Let's go on. For the Jews require a sign, and the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block, and to the Greeks foolishness. But unto them which are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. Now we see that the cross is symbolic of the power of God and also of the wisdom of God. If I'm not to be wise in my own eyes, then I'm supposed to be wise in the cross. For that is the power and wisdom of God. If the wisdom of God is in the cross, then I'm to be wise in what that cross represents to me. In him or in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. That's in Jesus. Let's go on. For you see your calling, brethren. Uh, let's, verse 25. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men. Now, I like this. The foolishness of God, of God is wiser than men. Now, that foolishness he's talking about was the foolishness of preaching. Now, how many have, been, how many have told you that that's foolish what you've been preaching? I've done it. I've talked to those that are in, that, you know, that are in the medical field. And uh, they tried to prescribe some things that, that, you know, what they said would have helped. And I didn't knock that or say anything against that. But I said, well, all, that's okay. All I need to do is lay my hands on my baby and my baby will be whole. Loco. Well, wait a minute. Why can you trust in what you see? Why can you trust in some, something that I don't even know what's in that medicine? Why can you trust in that, put that inside your system, and you believe that's going to work for you? When Jesus said, lay your hands on a sick, they shall recover. Why can't I believe what Jesus said? Amen. Who's wiser than the wisdom of man? God. Through the foolishness of preaching that I can lay my hands on my kids, I've seen them healed every time. Apart from medical science. So the foolishness of God is wiser than man. Okay, let's go on. How... And the weakness of God is stronger than man. 
For you see your calling, brethren, how, not, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. And the base things of the world, the things which are despised, had God chosen, yea, in things which are not to bring to naught things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. But of him are you in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom. Say that with me. Jesus is my wisdom. wisdom. I'm going to share something with you that you need to know right now. You know, the Bible says in James, when you lack wisdom, ask of God. He was talking about, James was writing to to carnal Christians. Did you know that? That's why I said, if there's any sick among you, let them call fellows of the church. He said, if you lack wisdom, ask of God. Well, God already gave me Jesus and Jesus has made unto me what? So let your confession be, Jesus is my wisdom. I have wisdom to come, you know, over every circumstance that comes against me. Jesus is your wisdom. You keep on saying that. God has made Jesus to me wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption, that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. You know, I glory in the Lord. When I laid my hands on my baby and they got healed, I gloried in the Lord. God got the glory and the credit for the healing of our bodies, of their bodies. Let's go on. And I, brethren, when I came to you, I came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom declaring unto you the testimony of God. That's worldly wisdom. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. He's a pretty pretty narrow-minded fellow. Would you say Paul's pretty narrow-minded? Well, Jesus said the way is straight and narrow. I'm narrow-minded also. Okay? I don't want to know anything except Jesus Christ crucified. Okay? And I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not in enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power that your faith should not stand or be in the wisdom of men, but that your faith should be in the power of God. The whole purpose of teaching this on a Wednesday night is to create an atmosphere that is saturated with the power of God to heal the physical body. And I'm not going to, you know, produce faith in your heart by preaching to you that God has an alternate way. God does not have an alternate way. It's time that we begin to realize that God works through His power. He saves through His power. He heals through the power. The power is all vested in Calvary. It's the power that raised Jesus from the dead. It's the power of His Spirit that dwells in you, that raised Jesus from the dead, that promotes health and healing to your physical body. And if we'll learn the wisdom to appropriate that power and tap into it, then bless God, we'll be walking around filled with the healing power of God. But it's not in man's wisdom. It is in godly wisdom. It's God's way. See, we need to know God's way of healing and power to promote health. That's what we need to understand and know. And know that it's apart from man's way. It's different. And let me say something since we're in that area. Many, many millions of dollars and many hours have gone into the study of medical science. Many different new innovations have come about because of this intent, diligent study that man has given his life for humanity. I want to tell you something. I share this with you with all the love in my heart and with all the sorrow in my heart that I can have. That many of those discoveries... Even the great men that discovered them aren't even in glory. Did you hear me? And many of the years and many of the hours it took of diligent study to promote this way still is not getting people any better than they were before. 
We have supposedly more, more institutions, more hospitals, and, and so on and so forth. But you know what? The report is they're more crowded than ever. Think about it. And as I said, when you reach its limitations of what man's knowledge has, you are doomed to die. Well, is this all there is? Is this that's what we're left to? Is this what our fate is? Is to have a way before us that only leads to a certain amount of comfort and then finally you die from it? Does God not have a better way? Doesn't he have some other way? Yes. It's in Calvary. It's the better way. But again, I say to you, it takes his wisdom. It takes an understanding as to how to turn around the course of nature and to stop that course from defiling the members of your body and to begin to ignite the divine power of God to promote health and healing that once was ours in the beginning when God created the whole universe. Now, let's read the rest of this. Verse 6. How be it? How be it? We speak wisdom among them that are perfect. Yet not the wisdom of this world. Again, underline that. I have talked to many that have said that the medical field is God's way to heal today. I beg your pardon. Don't belittle God by saying that. We are not speaking against, again, the medical field. We are only putting it in its place. It is not God's way. It's not God's way to heal. It's not God's way to promote health. It is man's way. Listen to me. It's man's best effort to alleviate the pains and the sufferings that come against his body. But God has a way. It's not the wisdom of this world. It's nor, look at the next part, nor yet the wisdom of the prince, princes of this world. It's not the wisdom of this world. Uh, nor of the princes of this world. Now, this world system was perverted. Satan became the god of this world system. He is the prince of the power of the air of this world system. And it's not his wisdom we're talking about. It's not worldly wisdom, earthly, sensual, or devilish wisdom. But we're talking about another kind of wisdom. And let's go on and read. Nor the princes of this world that come to what? Now, in one translation, I believe it's amplified. I'm not sure. Correct me if I'm wrong. It says... It's been brought to nothing and is declining to its end. It's been brought down to nothing and is declining to its end. That kind of wisdom has been brought... You know, the world is saying, well, man is getting better off than he ever was. Hogwash! That's not true. The more he knows, the more he's declining to his end. The more he... I'll prove it to you. At one time, we used to think that they were something because they fought war and battled and killed each other with swords and with knives. But the more advanced man got to protect himself, he could push a button right now and destroy half the earth. You call that getting wiser? You're real smart, son. Push a little button and destroy the whole earth. We've got atomic weapons right now, nuclear weapons that can blow the whole place to smithereens. But that's wise. There are those that lived healthier lives. One woman, I never forget hearing about this, this testimony, this dear woman. And uh, I, I loved it. I was just rejoicing and jumping from within. They thought they were going to get a, a report of sense knowledge. But they asked this woman who was in her 103 or 100, over 100, what do you attribute your long life and health to? And I could just, boy, could you stand up and see the reporter's face. Put that microphone up to her mouth and she said, I read the Bible every day. Woo, glory, I wish I was there. Can you imagine that? Probably going to say, well, you know, 
No, not medically speaking. But I read the Bible every day. Can you imagine the look on their face? Hallelujah. Don't tell me that they're getting better. Don't tell me they're getting wiser. They've been brought to naught and they're declining to their destruction is what this is saying. And with all the innovation and all the technology and all the wonderful things that man has created, with a push of a button, he can blow the whole thing apart. Annihilate his his own self. That's really wise, isn't it? You want to know how wise they've gotten? They're working on something or they have worked on something that could destroy man but leave the building safe. (laughs) Now that is wisdom. At least give them a... If they're going to do it, at least make work. Rebuild the buildings. I mean, you know, that makes... At least that promotes work, doesn't it? But no, that's really wise. Push a button, I mean, to, you know, then destroy the people off the earth, but leave the buildings. We don't want to go through all that trouble building buildings again. The buildings never did anything to us, did they? That's really wise, isn't it? Now, let me go on. I, again, I'm not. Believe me, I am stressing a point. I'm bringing up a point to show you clearly what you're up against. And it's time somebody did. I don't call this wisdom. If a person is pursuing and wants to be, and I praise God, any way you can get help. But you see if you don't agree with me. When something tells me that that arm right there is filled with some kind of disease and I go to the highest type of wisdom you can have as far as man's concerned, you may go to the best clinic on the earth and they say, I'm sorry, it must be amputated. I want you to know something right now, my friend. Cutting off that arm is not healing. Cutting out part of your body is not healing. What in the world are we supposed to think that we are? I mean, I have a little bit of education. I know that cutting off my arm is not healing an arm. I know that cutting off a leg is not healing a leg. And if that's the best they can do to save your life, I am pursuing another method. And in this method, I've discovered something. When a man had a problem with his arm, Jesus said, stretch it forth and it became whole. I found out when another man had parts of his body eaten away from leprosy, Jesus touched him and he became instantly whole. I had the woman that they sung about today. She was, she sought the physicians for 12 years. She was bowed over. She was nothing. She couldn't, she couldn't, you know, probably walk and, and it was crawl. Just, she was had an issue of blood. And all she did was touch the hem of this guy's garment and she was made whole instantly. I want to pursue that method. I want to dig into that kind of power. I want to dig into that type of wisdom. Do you see what I'm saying? Let's pursue God's way. It's in the Bible, but you can't be wise in your own eyes. And I'm saying this because men have developed so much faith in, in that field that they are making the power of God of none effect in our lives. God has no alternate source. His source of healing you is straight through His Word by the power. He sent His Word and healed them and delivered them. Okay, so the wisdom of this world has been brought to naught. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Here's the wisdom of God. Are you ready for it? Finally getting to it. Even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. The wisdom of God was all hid inside Calvary. It was revealed through His love for us to send Jesus to die for us. It was revealed to us through Calvary. Had Satan known it, had the wisdom of this world done it, they wouldn't have crucified the Lord of glory. They would have not allowed that kind of wisdom to come into the earth. But what promoted that wisdom was God's love. God's love for you is so far-reaching that He saw fit to send Jesus to die for you and involved in, in that is everything that He has for you. 
That was his wisdom. Now look at the next verse. But as it is written, man's eyes have never up until this point. Talking about worldly wisdom, the wisdom of the princes of the power of the air, satanic influence, demonic influence, uh, man's influence in the earth, earthly, sensual, devilish wisdom. None of this wisdom had seen, nor had the ear ever heard. The eye didn't see, the ear didn't hear, and it never entered into the hearts of this kind of wisdom and understanding the things that God prepared for those that love. Never entered into them. Okay, but, let's say it like this. The eyes of man never saw, you know, things take place and happen like another kind of power opening up blind eyes. The eyes of man's wisdom never saw that there was another way a man's ear, deaf ears can be unstopped. Man provides hearing aids. And we thank God for hearing aids. It helps someone to hear. We thank God for that. I thank God for that. But God has a higher way. The higher way is to cast that thing out and get their ears open and unstopped. To, to get the blind eyes to be open so that they can see. Eyes were made to see. Ears were made to hear. That's common sense. That's common knowledge. That was God's... But man's eyes didn't see that. Man's ears never heard that. It never entered into his heart that something could be this powerful to do that for a man. See? He didn't understand that. But look at the next verse. But God hath revealed them unto us by His Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man save the Spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Now, we have received not the Spirit of the world. Have not received the Spirit of this world's wisdom that is brought to naught. But we have been, we've received the Spirit of God. So that we might know these things that are freely given to us of God. So we could know how to lay our hands upon our loved ones. So that that divine power could go into that body and heal them and make them whole. So we can tap into the source of godly wisdom and get ourselves on the course of righteousness where there is life and there is no death. So we can understand how to appropriate divine life in every area of our life. And it all comes by the way of Calvary. When someone says that healing is not in the redemptive plan of God, they don't understand the Scriptures. My people are perished for what? Lack of knowledge. But I mean to tell you, it's, it's all headed up right here. It starts right here. It's headed up right here. And the Spirit of God has come to reveal it to you. Let's just read the rest of this chapter. Which things also we speak, not in words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual but the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned or understood. But he that is spiritual discerneth, that word judgeth means discerneth, all things. Yet he himself is discerned of no man. In other words, they don't understand you when you start operating this way. They don't understand how you actually believe that you can lay your hands on your child, that child can be healed. They don't understand you. They, that natural man can understand you when you act like that. That's why I said when I went to the doctor and my, my boy had, uh, I was notified that the boy had an inner ear infection. You know, the doctor prescribed medicine, which is exactly what she's supposed to do. But I said, no, thank you. I said, that's okay. If you don't mind, I says, I have another method. I'll lay my hands upon my baby and my baby will be whole. And I mean, wow, that was amazing. But bless God to prove it, to show that it was proof. I brought him back ten days later and, and she came up to me and said, I know what you did, but whatever you did worked. What did you do? Did you give him the medicine or did you do the other thing? The other thing was pray. I said, I prayed. He said, whatever you did, it worked. I said, I know. I told you that ten days ago. But she didn't understand that. But I did. Why? Because these things are spiritually discerned. I got the Spirit of God. Spirit of God taught it to me. I know that it works. And I don't expect them to understand that. 
What I'm saying is, let's do it God's way. Let's do God's way. But he that is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is judged of no man or discerned of no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But hallelujah, we have the mind of Christ. Now, stop right there and just, just for a moment now. I got a minute or two, I want to get this on. You remember the wisdom we talked about in James about being earthly, sensual, and devilish? Paul stops right there. He doesn't stop because of chapter and verse. But after this last statement, you have the mind of Christ, I have the mind of Christ. These Corinthians had the mind of Christ. Everything was theirs. Everything was freely given to them. They had the wisdom of God, the mind of Christ. But they were living by the rule of the wisdom of this world. Because he said in the next verse, but I... Look at the next verse. Chapter 3, verse 1. And I, brethren, I can't speak unto you as unto what? Spiritual. I can only speak unto you as unto carnal. Men that are ruled by the senses. Men that are governed by the world's wisdom. Still living under the world system. Still living under the course of nature. I can't speak unto you spiritual. But as babes in Christ, I fed you with milk, not with meat. You weren't able to bear it. Now you're not able. But you're still carnal. For whereas there is among you what? And being strife, division, and James said, this wisdom is full of envy, strife, and division. It is sensual, it is earthly, it is devilish. You won't get no revelation knowledge as long as you don't grow out of that state right there. If you're filled with envy, jealousy, and uh, division, and all these things, you cannot walk in the Spirit. You'll walk as a carnal man for the rest of your life on this earth. That's what you've got to learn about love. Remember what I said? Understanding love is understanding God's wisdom for your health. When you start walking in love, it begins to promote the course of divine nature in your life. Let's all stand before the Lord. Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.